0: Hey, Holly. (laughs) Hey, Dave. How are you? How are you? I'm good. Yeah, I know you're good because we have friend of the show, JC Douglas, in the house. Not in the house.
1: Hey. On the What Difference Does It Make podcast in a virtual studio. Uh,
2: How's
0: it going, guys? Hey. Is that short sleeves? Isn't it freezing in Halifax?
2: I'm in my basement. I've actually got a uh, space heater going on underneath me here.
0: Everyone's doing this from the basement. We've had Mike Marone, <laughs> Kyle Meredith, We've both made mention of you know, that they record in their basements.
1: That's because they're on the East Coast and East Coasters have basements. We do not have basements.
0: I don't understand that concept. That's
1: right.
2: You guys have uh, uh, we got, like flat pads of...
0: We have these garages.
1: <laughs>
2: garages. Yeah, right. Oh, you're in the big garage. I'm in that. the
0: big garage. That's right. The big, not, big I garage. In our garage. Dave's big garage. <laughs>
2: But you know what? The last uh, couple of months less, since I got canned at uh, C100, is uh, it's been all about cleaning the downstairs, including the garage. So I haven't got to the garage yet. That's waiting for warmer weather. It's too cold in the garage. Yeah. Right?
0: Getting canned.
2: <laughs> getting canned, yeah. Getting laid
0: off. So that, how does that head. work in a pandemic? They, they don't march, you know, it's not the HR person knocking on your door and like, let us in. No, <laughs> no.
2: no it's not. Is it, it a... It's, uh, <laughs> it's a phone call with the, uh, HR person in the, uh, because I was working at the building. So I got mm. to go down to the, uh, to the boardroom and meet with the general manager who was the only one there. Actually, the program director was there as well for the first day and months. And, but he wasn't right there on the spot. And then they led me into the, uh, the boardroom to speak with an HR person in Toronto, which is a uh, great so personal
0: way of. So that's when you it. knew shit was going down.
2: You, so as soon as I saw my GM sitting outside the boardroom door, kind of like almost with his head in his hands, I said, "Having a tough day?" He goes, <laughs> "Yeah." And I said, "Am I gone?" He goes, "Yeah." Oh, so was
0: like, yeah. Oh, usually they they don't like to say that before the HR person gets in.
2: <laughs> yeah, he and I have been friends for over 25 years, so it was uh, it was a very odd and, and yeah. difficult moment, but. Uh, that's, uh, yeah, that's just one of the beautiful realities that uh, we've all been, so many of us have been faced with.
0: So, yeah. you, so you were with us last year. Uh, things have changed a bit since that last <laughs> time we talked. I guess your big jump now is now you're an afternoon super jock, what, whatever that is, <laughs> on 89.9 The Wave. And uh, it's Halifax's home of the greatest hits of the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Wow. I mean, I, I read your cool. Facebook post, so that's, uh, oh. that's what I saw.
1: Okay, and we, when, you, <laughs> yeah. when you tell us about this, this new gig, because before, you know, when we last spoke, you were still doing mornings on C100, yes. when you go into this explanation of, of your new shift on the wave, also tell us, if I'm remembering correctly, you told me once that people from Halifax are called Halig, Haligonians?
2: Yeah. yeah is yeah. that correct? That is at ding, 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 ding. Okay. Yeah.
1: I, where the hell did that come from?
2: You get extra points, man. You're going to the bonus round. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and start with Super Jock, because I'm, how do you become a Super well, you know, Jock? Is that one of the, the Marvel heroes? I, mean, I, I, I don't know. I,
2: my superhero is being able to babble about random shit. Yeah. My superpower, rather. <laughs> my superhero. Uh, the Super Jock, uh, the original Super Jock, I believe, was Larry Lujak at uh, WLS in Chicago. In Chicago. Mm. And I just stole it from him. So there you go. I completely unoriginal,
0: never
1: had an original bone in my body or
2: thought in my head. So there you go. I've ripped it off from the best.
0: That's fine. That's what we all do.
1: I don't believe that to be true. I do think you've had many interesting and original thoughts just for the record.
0: That's why he keeps coming back to us.
1: <laughs> that's
2: right. Yeah, that's the reason. <laughs> it's, 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 yes, that's it. That's good. No, it's
1: because he wants to show want off to his be... knowledge of 80s music.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. And I love being flattered while we're doing it.
0: That's, that's exactly it.
2: Yep. Uh, what was the second part of the question?
0: <laughs> Haligonian, Haligon. What the oh, hell? Halagonia. What the hell is Haligonia? Yeah, I don't know.
2: I don't know. But it's it's uh, risen uh, to uh, you know websites like Haligonia and the dot <laughs>
0: Is that the paper, the local, the Haligonian? Have you the I Daily Haligonian?
2: I think there is a haligonian or haligonia.ca online. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know where they it came up it, that's it, I know it's silly. I, it otherwise would have been halifaxian. I guess that just didn't when there was a boardroom meeting, uh, some old white guys sat around and said, "Halifaxian's just weird. Let's go with haligonian. That's a lot less weird."
1: So. <sighs> okay, I, mean. I got to say this shocks me because you are an endless source of yeah. information for everything you know well, now uh, you, you know
0: you got the police like
1: dave but you know a lot about a lot of stuff and I cannot believe that off the top of your head you do not know the origin of haligonian
2: now you're embarrassing i'm gonna i'm gonna <laughs> google.ca <that>. <laughs> <laughs> where does haligonian come from?
1: wow if I had known you didn't know I wouldn't have put you on the spot <laughs> like that oh well, that's okay I, you know,
2: I can I can live with the fact that I don't know every random fact where does Haligonian come from well It populated, so there must be an answer to it. (laughs) 11 of Canada's weirdest demonyms and local nicknames. Haligonian. Ooh, here we go. I'm learning right along with you. This is awesome. This is awesome podcasting. The origin of the unusual term is related to the same reason we call people from Manchester, Mancunian, a fashion in the 1900s for deriving demonyms from the Latin translations of English cities' names. Uh, However, in the case of Halifax's demonym, the Latin involves a misunderstood etymology. Are you with me now? Haligonian is based on the term hallig fax, meaning holy hair. Some 16th century creators of the term took hallig, slapped a Latin suffix on it, and called it a day. But holy hair, <laughs> which reminds me, since uh-huh. uh, I, I understand it's my version, my, it's my duty to uh, morph into my 80s self. Speaking of holy
1: hair... There
2: we oh, are.
0: there it is. Ladies that and
1: is gentlemen. quite the mullet. <sighs> Isn't that great?
0: That is a good look. You
1: know, oh my God. Look at your, look at all that hair.
2: Yeah. So you know and we now being, look at all uh, We
1: okay. It was I all wanna,
2: wasted in my youth.
1: I want to uh, say two things. Okay. <laughs> okay. So we are big fans of the mullet on this show. That's one thing. So thank you for showing that to us. And hopefully you'll allow us to share that picture. That, that will show. be the
0: cover for our podcast, yeah. you know,
1: for sure. But, Okay. Secondly, so I went to your I dug a little deeper on the Waves website, and I found this mm. your page with your Q and A. picture of you. No god, look at yeah. you! You look hot. You're you're glowing, and your eyes. It's like they're super blue. I mean, it's your eyes well, are super yeah. blue, but you yeah. look hot. No,
0: and we he was in the garage That's with it. us. We saw those oh, blue was- eyes. I was warm that afternoon. I referred to him as Michael Keaton the last time we saw him.
2: Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's people right. People have been saying that. Yeah,
0: yeah. People oh, will say that a lot of people say know. that. Yeah. You are it's you weird. are a
1: very handsome man, but this, this oh. photo is really really lovely. So, you know, for our listeners, you can check out J C Douglas afternoons with JC Douglas.
0: That's nice. So you got you got canned, as you, you said, uh, yeah. as you <laughs> so succinctly put it. You were able to uh, to like jump on a, a new ship uh, almost immediately, it seems like, yeah. in the same year, I which th- is rare. I should
2: say that I, I'm led to believe that it was COVID-related, why I was canned, to make it sound like <laughs> I was like, yeah, we've had enough of you. But you I mean, uh, at least, yeah, at least they told me it was COVID-related. So, I mean, I'm, I'm going with that. But uh, yeah, I'm on uh, 89.9 The Wave right now in uh, Halifax, which is uh, very cool. A lot of 70s and 80s music, and I feel very comfortable in that format.
0: And how do you frame songs that you've heard millions and millions of times and bring something new to it. What, what is your uh, strategy every day?
2: You don't talk as much about the music as you probably would if you were playing them for the first time in, in a long time. So, you know, you talk about other stuff, but, uh, but it's always, you know, it's always a fresh look at a lyric and, uh, you know, it, connecting the songs to what's going on in the world right now. So, you know, there's always some sort of weird and silly way to, to connect these things and to refer to them.
0: Well, speaking of weird and silly job, we're going to uh, look at 10 songs that uh, K-Rock played back in 1984. Yeah. This is the radio station in Los Angeles, the world famous K-Rock. Yeah. And uh, we are doing songs 60 to 51. Mm-hmm. Take a sip of that. Uh, what difference does it make? Yeah. Look at that one. Yes, sir. Is it water? Is it whiskey? What do you got in there?
2: No, I'll never say.
0: OK, very good. <laughs> Wonderful.
1: But we're going to we're going to try to guess by the time we're done with this
0: mm.
2: yeah you'll know by the uh, by the slur <laughs> right
0: exactly yeah it could be a great <laughs> podcast by the time we get to 51 like <laughs> yeah. i don't know what the hell what the
2: <laughs> yeah get all this crap that's point. happened so far yeah. yeah exactly yeah
0: unfortunately no canadians on here yeah. but uh you know
2: what is this radio station all about does it still exist
0: it does okay. still exist. It, well, still uh, it does exist. We, um, However, <laughs> it's an HD2 station oh, right now. Okay.
1: Well, um, the it's KROQ itself is 106.7 here in Los Angeles, but they have an HD2 channel, which broadcasts this, the format that we talk about.
2: Oh, okay. So, so yeah. they still do. And, and, and does it broadcast music from the same era still? No, like, no. music no, of the... I'll,
0: 80s, yep. for instance. Or? No, it's an alternative station, so it's oh, it is whatever okay. alternative is it's, right so it's now. It's contemporary. Yeah, okay. one hundred six yep.
1: point seven is is contem- <clears throat> is is alternative. Yeah, but the, oh, okay. the hd two the is they call it rock of the eighties.
2: Oh, they do. Okay, well, yeah, I'm telling you. I mean, that's the thing is it's K rock, so it makes you think. Oh, because I worked at a rock station in the eighties mm. called Q one hundred four in Halifax, and you know we were like equal parts metal and mainstream rock and and various stages of alternative but this the the way that k rock in los angeles accepted so many different sounds into the mix is is just beautiful it's a, it's amazing i've never seen such a thing and it worked
0: <laughs> yeah it did well that's why we still talk about it because we yeah. we loved it back then it's morphed into something you know different of course whatever alternative is right now um just right. it's more rock oriented it, it hasn't i don't know it, it seems uh kind of it's it's tightly formatted is what we'll say mm-hmm. um it's
1: more corporate now but but the rock of the 80s back in the day and there are there are histories written about it it's a fun you know it, it's fun to read the history of k-rock yeah. Starting yeah. In well. The 70s. Yeah.
0: One of the. Yeah. I'll
1: have to read it because it,
2: I love good radio stories
1: like
0: that. <laughs> well, yeah. is there, yes, that, that it would be worth looking into. <laughs> so. I'm
2: already not happy that K Rock uh, already took three tenths of a song out anyway because it could have gone <laughs> 107.
0: But the .7 song was usually a lot of fun. Mm. It's. uh Yeah. That, yeah that, I that,
2: wouldn't have wanted it to be my song.
0: Well, if it was my song, I'd be upset. It's well, usually a novelty thing. Yeah, it's, it's usually not song. available. Oh, God. I, none of these songs have been available. I, usually it was something exclu- you know that they played yeah. exclusively on the station. Oh, or- nice, nice, yes. nice.
2: No, I, I love um, it. I, I love a station with that kind of attitude. And, and the, you know, it's funny because our station in here in Halifax was a lot the same back in that time in the 1984 era. Very uh, adventurous musically and uh attitudinally as well so yeah I think KRLQ must have been a lot the
0: same it really was and it kind of shaped uh, what the uh, music community. Holly and I like the music yeah. that's our music yeah. style or you know what yeah. what we love which is this list is, is great because it's just it's all over the place um, I'm so
1: excited every time that the closer I feel like uh the closer we get I just it just reminds me how much i love all these songs
0: and like all this i think the most interesting stuff is kind of uh, you know near the bottom or you know ling- mm-hmm. lingering around right. there. a lot the of lost classics stuff. by the way where were you in
2: 1984 so i was in in 84 uh i was still in ontario actually i was still in broadcasting school but uh, i was mm-hmm. only like a you know a few months away from getting out and, and getting down to uh nova scotia and and starting uh, at q104 in halifax where yeah, they were playing stuff like this, but not all the stuff that K Rock played. That's
0: yeah. for sure. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah it's uh, it, it is a lot of fun just to look at this list, and so we will start at number sixty. It's Lou Reed, "I Love You Suzanne," and <laughs> which uh, it's unlike any other Lou Reed song. It's a uh, I don't know. It's like yeah. a street cat song, uh, you know, fifties rockabilly, which was it was yeah. huge, big in the in the early eighties, and so uh, Lou Reed yeah. jumped aboard that.
2: Yeah, and it's funny because uh, it, it seemed to me like it's, I, I look back at the video for this song, and I remember seeing it on uh, mm-hmm. MTV or Canada's version, Much Music, back in 84, uh, and, and seeing a lot of it, actually, and thinking, is this his attempt to, uh, to be Springsteen's uh, Dancing in the Dark video? It's, <laughs> it's so odd that he would could even be accused of that but it's i I, and they both came out right around the same time but it seems almost like a parody of that although i also must uh, wonder if uh if you've seen do you remember the video
0: yeah we uh, i did watch the video to kind of refresh
2: how when lou reed has to express how he has to illustrate the times when his uh, when his woman is bad Mm -hmm. it's when she stands in front of the tv right i thought boy is that ever domestic for lou reed i mean she's standing in front of the tv he kind of pushes her out of the way when you're
3: bad
0: yeah it it starts off when he's in a a phone booth it's kind of I think yeah. that's kind of refers back to like the Velvet Underground, waiting for my man. He's waiting for his heroin guy to come. <laughs> and, yeah. But There's this a lot is tongue in cheek stuff going on in the video. This woman, you know, his love interest in the video is nothing like you would uh, expect uh, Lou Reed to uh, to be attracted to. You know, she's just lively and vivacious, and she wants to do fun yeah. things. And Lou has no interest in any of this stuff because he's Lou Reed. She is a
2: ready-made video model. Yeah, exactly. Not what you'd expect for Lou. Yeah.
1: So you say, because we knew who Lou Reed had been with before. You know, we knew of his, his, you know, women back in the day. That's what made it so jarring. It Mm. just was so unexpected.
2: But it was embraced, I think, because it sounded kind of fun. And I think it's almost like when you first heard Bob Dylan do uh, Rainy Day Women or uh, something like that. And you're thinking oh, it's okay for a guy like that to have a little fun sometimes. (laughs) Or when Dylan was like with the Traveling Wilburys, for instance, you know, so uh, it was like, we kind of liked the fact that Lou Reed was just doing a a goofy, fun rock and roll tune.
0: You broke my heart and you
3: made me cry. You said I couldn't dance. And now I'm back to let you know that I can really make romance. You do what you gotta do. You do everything you can. You do what
1: you
0: Yeah, I think in the eighties a lot of these uh classic rockers started to clean up. Um, I remember Glenn Fry did like a uh he i uh, i remember he was advertising for Bally's gym you know he was showing off his guns you know suddenly he's wearing sleeveless shirts i think even like uh yeah, like Crosby, Steels and Nash were doing Yacht Rock type stuff. Everyone's just kind of, you right. know, hey, we're in the 80s. It's Miami Vice, and, you know, things are... Glad that we- you got it, mate. Yeah.
1: Th- this was particularly dry. I-, I agree with you about these these old rockers coming to a different, you know, just sort of going with the times, but this might have mm. been the most jarring from, you know, Lou Reed seeing Lou Reed do this than, you know, any other rocker. This one.
2: <laughs> yeah. And seeing Lou Reed dance with this model is like... Wh- what What
0: are we looking at (laughs) we're going to uh, move on to a new band this was a a band called the alarm and the song is 68 Mm. guns and the first thing i noticed of course when you watch the video for this is look at their hair this is before hair metal there was the alarm and they they got into the moose and they they put up their hair as high as it can go and they sang their earnest songs earnestly yeah Uh, did you enjoy do you like the alarm what was uh what was your thoughts on that
2: I did. I was a fan of The Alarm, and it's so funny. Like looking back at them now, it's so it is so visual. You see them. I saw them then as very dangerous, and and uh, you know really just speak in their minds and telling it like it is. And now you look back and you go, oh, what a bunch of cute kids. Yeah. You know, singing their protest song. You know, Phil Spector would have been proud of that wall of sound they had going there. <laughs> the horns, they got the trumpets mm-hmm. blaring and stuff like that. And it did seem like a little overblown and melodramatic even at the time, but it's so well arranged, so well produced, well performed. I mean, all the vocals are just spot on. It's not ragged, like it isn't punk. For sure. But it's, uh, that's a beautiful song. If you were into that, and I certainly, I mean, I just love the uh, the uh, the gratuitous, what was the first line? Forever young, I cannot stay. And then he has to add the, hey, <laughs> you know, it's just to add a little emo to it. You know, it's just, it's beautiful stuff. And
1: now they trying to take my life. You know, you know my story. I've divulged it before on the, on a podcast, but I discovered the alarm. They opened for you too in 1983. And oh. I saw them at the L.A. Sports Arena on the war tour, mm. and I've been a fan ever since. Wow.
2: Well, that would do it. Yeah. You know what? It's funny. I, I uh, discovered a new band in the summer of 84 on a big tour as well. I discovered the Icicle Works. Mm-hmm. Who well, I think were a Liverpool band had mm-hmm. um, a great song in '84. Is it on this chart by any chance? Is uh, "Whisper to a Scream"
0: uh, it, I think a, That
1: was less. Was
2: that it might have been, been 83, '83. Yeah. '83. Oh, okay. Well, uh, maybe I already knew the song, but they were opening for uh, for David Gilmour on his oh, About Face tour, and I saw that in nice. uh, Toronto at Massey Hall that that uh, summer, and it was amazing to see them because I love that song so much. Was
0: mm-hmm. David Gilmour from Liverpool. I'm trying to think. No. Of a- no,
2: although he's played with a famous Liverpudlian, um, he's <laughs> been in Paul McCartney's band yeah. a time or two. But
1: another uh, one of those, those uh, Liverpudlian. Yeah,
2: yeah. Haligonian and Liverpudlian. <laughs> but uh, David's from uh, London, I believe.
1: Yes, I think you're right. Okay. And so this the song was released in 1983, but it was from their their debut album. Icicle Works was from 1984.
2: Oh, so, so there you go. Yeah. I mean, it was new enough and it was like, it kind of blew my mind a little bit that that's who David Gilmore had opening for him. I just thought it was fantastic. Yeah. That's yeah. very cool. Yeah. Uh, Front row at Massey Hall in Toronto, small uh, well, wow. a theater, like probably a two or three or 4,000 seater. Thanks uh, to
0: Neil Young. I know exactly where, seats. what that, that place yeah,
2: that's is. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Neil at Massey Hall back yeah. 10 years earlier than that, but uh, yeah.
0: Good stuff. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. Just listening to 68 guns. It's like, you could tell that, the alarm was paying attention to what u2 was doing uh, mm-hmm. um it, it sounds a lot, a lot like u2 uh, however u2 is already i yeah, I know you're wearing a u2 shirt <laughs> and uh u2 is moving beyond what the alarm is putting out the i think uh, the unforgettable fire came out that in 84 so i mean they're they're going for a different sound yeah. you know they where the alarm maybe where's kind of were marching in place <laughs> you two was kind yeah. of making some forward steps to uh to yeah. actually uh you know and it was a to cleaned make
2: it. up kind of pop punk wall of sound sort of thing it it's was... a
0: great sound i yeah. do love yeah 60 yeah. again it's infectious there's no way around how uh, yeah. how catchy that song is
2: i just wonder if they if they didn't become bigger than they were simply because uh because of the kind of pop punk aspect to it if maybe their you know their sincerity was questioned a little bit two songs in this in this 10 uh, song mix that we're digging into that have uh, horns playing uh, prominent roles but uh, and that was odd in 1984 in, in the era of synthesizer to have you know actual real uh, instruments like that uh, playing prominent roles but it was great those those horns just like really hammered the point home i thought
0: Okay, we're having some fun with J.C. Douglas, our favorite Halitocyan, Haligonian. Halagonian, Our favorite Halagonian. Let's take a break and be right back.
3: Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house, and my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price.
1: Welcome back to the What Difference Does It Make podcast and our very special guest, Haligonian J.C. Douglas. Uh,
0: this was kind of a surprise. I do not remember K-Rock playing Jungle Love by the time, but Purple Rain was so huge that, uh, you know, yeah. with numbers too big to ignore, you, you, it, uh, tentacles. It, it, it was nice. Yeah. So how infectious is this song?
2: Yeah, I I, mean, I
0: Oh, really? Hold on a yeah. second. What's going on? <laughs> yeah. Not not a fan of Jungle Love, huh? Uh,
2: well, I kind of that 80s synth uh, funk wasn't really my thing. I'm much more into uh to the 70s brand. Yeah. And I just didn't think that was a particularly uh groovin' song. I mean, I don't know. It just just wasn't my thing. And it really surprised me that it did so well at K-Rock because of of I I, I, I Got lots of room for the funkiness, but I just didn't think there was much to it. I mean, a lot of prints would have, uh, uh, and they did embrace a lot of prints, but this Jungle Love by the time rating this highly, number 58 for the year.
0: Hmm. Okay. (laughs) Did you see Purple Rain in the theater? Were you? uh...
2: I certainly did. Okay. Loved it. Loved it. Yeah.
0: I don't know, just w- watching the performance from Purple Rain, just them when Jerome holds up the mirror and they're doing their strut. I mean, it's just fun. And you know, yeah. I, I just uh, I was all all in, all in for this, but not for you. Yeah. Not for this. Maybe you not for this. Can- yeah. Oh, that's right. I did put what's your favorite. So I guess your favorite jungle love is by Steve Miller.
2: Jungle love is driving me mad. Yeah, that's the one.
0: Yeah, what's, you know, the only song I believe Crazy. that mentions a plate of papaya as a, in a love song. <laughs>
2: I'm telling. I'm i know sorry. those are great i would take those lyrics those over, are yeah Prince's lyrics.
0: those are great lyrics
2: see now if if there'd been some papaya in the, in the, the time song i'd be with it <laughs> yeah.
0: i mean there is i mean prince wrote the song but it's just yeah from the, the time the time version was uh, yeah i want to take you to my cage lock you up and hide the key you're only getting part of pig because if you're hungry take a bite of me oh we oh we oh <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. got some some of the lyrics. Well, okay.
2: Frankly, I would prefer uh, Jungle Boogie. Uh, oh, look to at Jungle Love. So.
0: Is that cool in the game? Jungle that Bo- is that is cool in the game. Oh, See Jungle
2: hours. Boogie. <laughs> <Dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee>. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, there is that.
2: See now that would have been great in the hands of the time. Morris Day would have had fun with that. He would have kicked some some serious butt.
0: All right. I I believe he did that with with Jungle Love, but that's okay. We'll move on to number 57. <laughs> a little more smooth maybe for you. Uh, like some oh, you yeah. like you like some smooth jazz. Um <laughs> Oh, mm. this is Style yeah. Council, My Ever Changing <laughs> Moods at number what, 57. At number style 57, counts. yes. Did you like this this move from Paul Weller to uh <laughs> to a jazzy side?
2: Yeah, I really did. I mean, I peripherally got into the jam and uh and then I really Liked the, the the different kind of sound he was embracing must have been a, a swift kick in the in the nerds to a bunch of uh, jam fans but this was uh, quite nice this song was was good it was fun it was nice it sounded good yeah I fully liked it.
0: It is very much the sound of, of the mid eighties. Uh, I, I think, you know, like simply red was also embracing this sound. Right. Totally. Yeah. Yeah.
2: That blue eyed soul kind yeah. of thing out of England, which was, I thought they did a really good job. Of it. it was funny when English uh, artists pick up an American form like blues, uh, and turn it into something of their own, uh, you know, like so many, you know, English fans did in the sixties, they really, uh, you can see how much they love that American music and, and that they, and they can't, they almost can't help, but make it into something new. They can't, I, I think maybe Keith Richards had talked about how, mm-hmm. you know, he can't play like, uh, like he and Mick couldn't play like, uh, uh something by muddy waters or A something, like okay. and, they, and make it sound like muddy waters. They made it sound like English boys would. Right. So uh, that's, uh, that's what they do. And that's what they did with, uh, with that kind of blue eyed soul. And, and, there's a lot of room for that in uh, in pop music. There was at the time. Would you call like Spandau Ballet? Would that have been anything like, that, or would that sure. have been
0: too? I agree. It was, but yeah, no, that that is kind of like the new romantic sound. Um, mm-hmm. The new yeah. romantic
2: sound. That's right.
0: Yeah,
1: I, I wonder about this. And I I could actually read. There must be Paul Weller must have commented on this. But this song was his considered his greatest success on the on the U.S. chart. Including really? all his work as the jam, which to me, I, I love this. I, I like this. I happen to like you're the best thing better than my ever-changing yeah, mood. Yeah, me too. But, um, but I prefer the jam to style council. So I wonder if he, you know, how mm. he feels about that. You know, what he, what he prefers for himself. I'd be curious.
2: It's funny because uh, I think Town Called Malice by the jam was the biggest uh, pop success in Canada. Oddly yeah. enough, for for Paul Weller, but that's but then, also like I say,
0: It sounds that was kind of like a precursor to. I I think the the jam broke up. I think Paul Weller was al- already thinking uh, about like wh- what his next move was going to be.
1: Right,
2: gotta get out of this. <laughs> uh, yeah, could yeah. be.
1: Yeah,
2: but I mean, uh, Canadian pop charts embraced more of that kind of punky new wave pop uh, than than American charts did. I mean, it's miserable listening to American. Top 40 charts from the early 80s. I mean, it's just one one ballad after another. Oh, one Kenny Rogers. Speak for Lionel yourself. After oh,
0: another. can't get enough of that stuff. So no.
1: Dave loves this stuff. This is where Dave and I, we, we veer off a little bit. He, he loves that stuff, and I'm with you not a huge fan hello you know some of
2: of those songs are are good but i mean it's just that the whole thing is packed with those and and they didn't make enough room for it's so funny because the odd song came along that found its way onto the chart so you'd have and they would go right to the top like tainted love Mm -hmm. and don't you want me and come on eileen you know whenever the uh, english you know pop punk new wave song would cut through it would go boom it would be a massive uh chart hit but but there were just so few and far between
0: all right let's keep moving number 56 rem south central rain that's Mm. why
1: you wanted to keep moving
0: Well, I mean as as I posted in our cheat sheet, um, I asked the question, you know, there's the Beatles versus Stones, which ones do you prefer? Um for the eighties, it's uh for me, it's U two or R E M. And apparently by your shirt you are you're voting U (laughs) two. For me,
2: the first half of the eighties was all about um U two versus the police. Yeah, that's true. uh, Yeah. Yeah. And then the police kind of fizzled and died. And yeah, U2 versus R.E.M. But, um, but I was such a huge fan of, uh, U2's early stuff, especially the war album that they were already miles ahead of, uh, R.E.M. For me. Although that, this song, South, South central rain, or what's actually, it's actually called Southern central rain.
0: Is that right? Did you know that, right? I yeah. did not know that.
2: It's actually in the inner sleeve. That's they, they printed out one time in the inner sleeve of the <laughs> album, Southern central rain. Um, Yeah, there you go. Uh, But uh, but that's my favorite R.E.M. song, and and uh, I just love how simple the melody is, how basic it is. Uh, There's a great uh, version of them playing this on Letterman show in '83, Mm, and it's just it's just this tiny little band, you know, playing this beautifully crafted little pop song. It had had kind of a '60s. You know, tinge to it, and just this wonderful, simple melody, and and Michael Stipe in his crazily shy days.
3: Did you never call?
2: And I love that early stuff. I, I found it. And even, it's funny because I love the early singles, but um, Automatic for the People, still my favorite uh, REM yeah, album. Like, I mean, track for track. It's just wonderful songwriting. <laughs> we were just talking a few moments ago about uh, the uh, stadium shows of that era. And it just popped into my head, S- a summer of 84, the biggest show I saw in a show, in a, a summer where I saw a lot of great shows was uh, the Jacksons' victory tour oh, yeah. in, at Rich Stadium in Buffalo.
0: Did you guys see the Jacksons in that? We did not. And you know why? Who last tour
2: the brothers did together.
0: You know why? Because it was a, they charged 30 bucks a ticket for that show. <laughs> it was crazy. That was so much money back then. I mean, that, I remember that. Like, that was a big controversy. You know, mostly concerts were like 15 bucks, and, and the Jacksons dared to charge 30 bucks. In 1984. And I remember that still.
2: (laughs) Let let me add a level of controversy on to that for you. Uh, Because in in the Toronto area, uh, when those tickets went on sale for the Buffalo show, the uh, promoters said there absolutely will not be a show in Toronto. The (laughs) Jacksons will not be coming to Toronto on this tour. If you want to see them, you have to go to Buffalo, which is like a 90 minute, two hour drive. And so... Everyone. Oh, okay. So we all got tickets to, to go see them in, uh, at rich stadium. And, uh, and then a couple of months later they put tickets on sale for Toronto and everybody lost their <laughs> shit because everybody put out the big cash, the mm-hmm. 30 bucks for the show in Buffalo. And then they had to, they had to promise you that if you brought your ticket stub for the Buffalo show, you could get tickets for the Toronto show. It was like, really, it was, it was crazy. Yeah. Very Wait, you still had to pay
1: for them, but you could have access to them. I
2: I can't remember exactly how it worked, mm-hmm. but uh, I'm sure somebody's got that online they because to, it was a big deal. Mm-hmm. I remember. Yeah, still had but to we fill kept the filled seats. Our stubs. We didn't buy
0: them. Yeah, yeah. That was uh, yeah. That, their final show was in at Dodger Stadium, and that's when Michael Jackson. Fi- uh, famously said this is going to be the last time i sing with the jacksons and mm. the jacksons did not know that at the time like <laughs> he said it on stage and that was the first time wow. he had made that wow. pronouncement. announcement like tito's like what is going on here what,
2: <laughs> what happened? it was it was an incredible show Though yeah, it was just amazing and seeing michael as a as an adult dancing like mm. with his brothers and stuff it was like oh my god it was so inspirational and uh they kind of took a page out of ELO's book by having a giant uh, spaceship come down and, I don't know, carried Michael <laughs> off to some other club right or something for, for a few years. But uh, yeah, incredible show. I, I'm sorry. I did, I, That's I, OK. You know, did, I could know, go in a divergent direction. I here,
0: could about. talk Michael and Jackson's anytime. Yeah. Yeah. Not a problem. And ELO,
1: yeah. as a matter of fact.
2: <laughs> and ELO, me too. Me too. Absolutely.
0: What about Shriekback? Can you talk Shriekback? You know what this, this is, is so number 50, I, looking at number 55 at chart, number and 55, of my heart okay go ahead what are you what are you thinking
2: I had never heard of shriek back as far as I knew I'd never heard of the band until this this uh, week yeah so uh, and then I read about them and it's like oh well Barry Andrews came out of XTC which mm-hmm. is I'm a huge XTC fan so the uh, first two albums I guess with XTC and then uh, hooked up with um, Robert Fripp in League of Gentlemen. Yeah. And, uh, and then he teams up for to make Shriekback with uh, Dave Allen from Gang of Four. Now, I'm telling this to people who know all about Shriekback. I'd never heard of them. Uh, were, were they a Los Angeles, uh, phenomenon or something
0: like, like you know, K rock, uh, the, the, PD Freddie snakeskin like to dig through the crates of yeah. the imports. And, uh, that's where he found this. I don't know if there was a song called nemesis. That was a, a bigger hit, maybe during Halloween. You, uh, it's a good song to play. Um, mm, okay. um it's, that's, that's worth looking into. Um, well, yeah.
2: it's Funny because I listening to this song, having never heard it before. I couldn't help but think it's like a fairly unremarkable 4-4 dance beat, you know, club song. Yeah. And it was kind of like, yeah, all right. I expected that if I was going to hear something from a band I'd never heard of before, wow, this must be some incredible thing that K-Rock unearthed. I can't wait to be treated to it. And it was fairly unremarkable.
1: k-rock some obscure stuff i mean obscure stuff that was you know really good but obscure stuff that you wouldn't think twice about but yeah this I, and i couldn't remember dave did you remember this song
0: no no uh, l- last week or a couple of weeks ago we talked about uh this band Blamage, which is kind of the poor man's depeche mode and i think oh, uh, yeah. i think Shriekback is uh it's kind of the the one of falls in that category of a, a band that mm. sounds vaguely like a band that you you really like <laughs> yeah i would recommend listening to uh, nemesis by Shriekback, and also there uh there's still a band there i just saw that they yeah. have like a um they've got like a uh um oh it's funny yeah oh yeah it was a fun fun me, fund me th- uh fund me uh campaign uh they said it's our 40th year in business and we've been hunkering down like everybody like everybody is they're saying we're relying on you yes you noble punter to give us wherewithal as you have so generously before what is a tell me what a punter is please well, it's an English thing. I understand, but you're from Canada. Yeah. You're kind of uh, attached to that. You're closer than
1: we
2: are. We, yeah, closer, but but that's not one that's kind of worked into our vernacular. Uh, so, punter, he, he must use it affectionately, because I would have probably thought it wasn't a very affectionate term, so I don't know. I don't right. know.
0: Punter, w- wanker, which one, which would you prefer to be called?
2: <laughs> I've never heard. Wanker's not good. No. But, uh, <laughs> probably punter.
0: Are you watching Ted Lasso? Did you see that? Have you watched that? Yet? Yes, I
2: love it. Oh okay.
0: yeah. 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 It was endearing <laughs> to be called a wanker. He he accepted that.
1: <laughs> I think it is endearing even though is it? they they weren't Well, ab-
0: initially it it's not, but either. then you you owe, oh you know, God, you so accepted it as your own.
2: Um I was the remote host on Breakfast Television in 1998 99. And so one of those St. Patrick's Days, we were broadcasting from an Irish bar in uh, in Halifax and I was talking to a guy whose cousin was the uh, current president of Ireland, Mary McAleese at the time. I believe I either referred to myself or to this guy at one point in the interview, probably myself, I think, hopefully, as a wanker. And I just meant it to be like a goofball. And I was quoting the word because I knew the word from being used in Spinal Tap. Guy's a bunch of blankets. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize what it actually meant. And so <laughs> I heard in my IFB, the control room go, holy shit, what is he saying, basically, right? And I was like, uh-oh, I think I said something <laughs> wrong. The epilogue to the story is that six years later, the guy who I was interviewing in the bar who I had no idea who he was, I'm watching back to this old piece of video with my then second wife and said, here, watch this. I call this guy a wanker. And I just put the video on and it's her father. What? It's the guy who had since become my father-in-law and I had no recollection recollection of that being the guy I had interviewed. He had no recollection of it being me, the guy who had interviewed him. He thought it was another guy. He thought it was Scott Boyd, who was one of my co-hosts on Breakfast Television, who had interviewed him. So we'd never made the connection. To that point, it's it was like one mark. of the most embarrassing things in my entire career, and it was my future father-in-law. And You're... I found out about it by actually playing the tape for my wife one time, and we were both like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> "It was yeah, crazy." The anyway, world. That's you
2: can it. see that's how small a community Alabama yeah. <laughs>
0: is. All right, what difference Again. does it make? I is what, what we say difference here. Difference does it make? Wait a second, that's in song number fifty-four.
2: That's your theme song.
0: What the f- Smiths? What difference does it make? Have we heard this song? Do we think... Uh, what do we think of this?
2: <laughs> Before I asked uh, Holly where the name of the podcast came from, I had never heard of this song. Really? Uh, and and then she informed me, yeah. I wasn't a big yeah. fan of the Smiths. This, this just proves that I'm not uh, <laughs> equipped to be on this particular podcast. <laughs> but uh, I had no idea.
1: Because even if you didn't... And I know some of the music that you like and don't like. I Still, this is like one of those... <laughs> You, you couldn't avoid it it felt like to me you couldn't avoid it
2: you could I avoided <laughs> the Smiths like,
0: uh, <laughs> yeah you really did religiously
2: through much of the 80s yeah we played a little bit on a specialty show that on the on the station I was uh on at the time a show called Maximum Airspace and uh but that was about it and and honestly what I saw of him on on our video like our Canada's version of MTV I just thought oh my god way too many one note melodies for my like I'm a very melody drawn guy but uh, he just never did it for me I can't get through a Smith's tune without rolling my eyes at least once involuntarily <sighs> all
0: right this is I've, I, I've oh my god I can't take this this is just I, I, I take him off that. the air what the and I, I, can we can him what's use, going on
2: his use of the word fond in the song <laughs> elicits an eye roll every time I hear it so. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm sorry. I didn't realize you were a huge fan, but I I obviously was not.
0: For the Smiths, they they put a lot of different um, movie stars on the cover of the singles. And on the cover of the What Difference Does It Make single was Terrence Stamp, who I'm sure you're a fan of. Do you know Terrence Stamp, the actor? Can you name? Yes. Okay. Can you go ahead? Name the, he played an arch nemesis for a superhero. I know you're a super jock, so you must know your superheroes. He was in these movies. And I know you saw them because you're. Yeah, I'm uh, gonna flop
2: this uh, uh, horribly. Sorry. All right. Who 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 do you play?
0: If I say General Zod, doesn't ring a bell at all. If I say no. Superman, would you know that at all? Christopher Reeve, mm, Superman. Familiar. Yeah, written, no. Okay, Canadian, never mind.
2: Canadian uh Canadian uh author originally.
0: Yeah, yeah okay. Superman. Uh, uh yeah, Terence. All right. I was trying to bring you back into the Smith's world by no, and No, you're just not at all. <laughs> totally okay. Totally lost it. Dear yeah. god. They're just huh? uh
2: Morrissey, I just I I've never yeah. Ever found anything attractive about the man's voice or his ability to write a melody? So I just, it's just someone I was never interested in. I'm what sorry. A,
0: Johnny Marr, guitar. No, mm, okay. Yeah, yeah, the, the interesting sound. All right, great. Okay.
2: Mm. I stole and I lied and why? Because you asked me to. But now you make me feel so ashamed because I've only got two hands. But I'm still fond of you. Ha uh-huh. So what difference does it make? Oh, what difference does it make? Oh, it makes none, but now you have gone And your treasures won't give you one tonight Oh, the devil will find work for idle hands to do oh.
0: <laughs> Can we... Can we get a new guy for this? Is, Here, is yeah. it too late? Edit,
2: you know, yeah. Now you guys talk about... Let's start from the beginning. Oh, number 54, The Smiths. What difference does it make?
1: <laughs> no, we, we like differing opinions. Yeah. We do. We, we respect your opinion about this.
0: The one thing I saw was that they didn't want to make a video for this song. I don't think this was even Morrissey's favorite song, but... Uh, He says in 1984 that he felt the video market was something that was going to die very quickly and that he wanted to herald the death of it. So, (laughs) you know. Joe
2: Jackson said a lot of things the same, kind of the same as that. Yeah. Yeah. I I was keen on any artist who felt that way about videos. But (laughs) if I may say one more thing about this song in particular. Listening to this song, I felt like when I got through the song, I thought it sounded like he was making that melody up. As he said, as he went along, and that I would challenge him <laughs> to sing that the same way a second time, which I imagine he probably did. But it doesn't. It sounds like it's just kind of sung on one note, and then they are gonna go up here, and I'm gonna go down here, and gonna go up here, and it's like, mm, yeah, mm.
0: Okay. Yeah.
2: So I've already said my piece on it, so I'll shut up.
0: It's an acquired taste, apparently. For <laughs> oh, no, yeah, <'Cause>
1: after <laughs> <Okay>, taste, actually.
0: <laughs>
2: well, gee, I mean, Morsi still is as a massive fanatical uh, fan base worldwide. Like, so, God, I'm obviously not uh, the majority opinion here.
1: I liked them then, although I was, you know, I was more into the, the, than some of the Cynthia, Cynthia stuff. I liked them then, but I think in hindsight, I should have liked them more. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't know.
0: He's uh yeah, he said some he's things. Taste. Yeah, he's he's said some things in the past that it makes me hard to be a fan of his. So uh
1: Okay.
0: He, he's always been ornery and uh okay. we'll just leave it at that. So we've talked about oh. horns. Uh this is another song with horns. This is Thomas Dolby Hyperactive. Oh yeah. It's a a dance oh, song yeah. with trombone.
2: Oh yeah. <laughs>
0: I mean, come it's
2: on. Probably my favorite song of the of the Batch here along with REM's uh, South Central Ring, Southern Central Ring. Um, yeah. I mean, real trumpets, real trombones in 1984. And we had two of those things here in this this 10 songs. Such a creative tune, complete use of the studio. And, um, you know, make use of the studio space. That's like the,
0: when you say that, I think of the cowbell. Make use of the studio space. Really explore <laughs> well, exactly. the studio space.
2: <laughs> but all the stuff that's in this record. And I mean, still one of the most enjoyable. Intros for a disc jockey back in 1984 when it boom, boom, and then they, the little acoustic guitar comes in and then tell me about your childhood.
0: Tell me about your childhood.
2: I mean, it's just so much fun to work that uh, that intro as a, as a disc jockey. So, that's big points from the, uh, from the DJ side. the tender side.
0: of three I was Machine, Just to keep my mouth from spouting junk ha! Must have took me for a fool
3: Cause they chucked me out of school Cause the teacher knew I had the fun But tonight I'm on the edge that has
0: chuck me in the fridge Cause I'm burning up I, I am burning up With the vision in my brain And the music in my
3: veins
2: You know, he sent that song to Michael Jackson originally, Michael or uh, Thomas Dolby, mm. and never heard back from him. So he thought, eh, I'm gonna do it myself."
1: I thought he did hear back. I thought he said that that Michael politely, you know, said it. He it wasn't appropriate for the out for what he was recording then.
2: Oh, was that right? That's it. Right. Would have been fun though. Can you imagine Michael yeah. Jackson? But I mean, Thomas Dolby was the right guy to do that song. It was perfect.
0: I agree. By the way, there's another. Speaking of, uh, we we mentioned "Cool in the Gang." That was another song with trombone. Yeah, that Joanna song. If you remember that, uh, it was kind of like oh. a ballad with horns. Yeah, yeah. So anyway,
2: Joanna. Yeah,
0: there's I a, there love is some tr- yeah. some yeah. good trombones in there. <laughs> okay, move. <laughs> we love the trombone. More trombone. Cool. Moving on, number fifty-two. Sparks pretending to be drunk. Um, well, what- here's it-
2: another band that. I've just recently discovered, but not because of your, uh, because of the K-Rock chart. I only discovered Sparks about three, four months ago. Um, you know, you know what it was? It was because I was watching McCartney, his McCartney 3 oh, album right. came out. Yeah. And so for some reason they were, they polished up the uh, McCartney, coming up. And McCartney 2 albums yeah. and and re-released the video coming up as a uh, an HD thing. And, and I was reading about it. And apparently, you know, it's all Paul McCartney. I think, I think, uh, Linda plays a couple of right. roles, but Paul plays about like seven or an eight or nine people in this thing. And one of them is the keyboard player who's just sitting there kind of looking stern and hitting the keyboards. Right. And apparently that was, is it Ron male? Yeah. There was a tribute to Ron male from Sparks.
0: Sure was. Yeah.
2: Who I'd, and I thought, who? And, uh, <laughs> and that started me, uh, investigating them. And, Listening to their new album, A Steady, Steady Drip Drip, drip, drip. drip mm-hmm. which is fantastic. <laughs> and I had no
1: idea about these guys' history. Oh, yeah. He's really happy now because he could he could bestow his Sparks excitement on them.
0: Yeah. You. Do you know the director Edgar Wright, he's doing this documentary that just was uh, came out on at Sundance uh, on Sparks. Mm. And so, oh. anyway. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. So it... I don't know if it was bought or anything at Sundance, but eventually it will see the light of day. Oh, I uh, gotta see this. Um, but yeah, I recommend uh, going uh, on YouTube and, and looking through some sparks, well, old sparks, because the they've been around since the seventies. And so it's, you know, this town I mean, ain't big enough for the both of us and stuff like that. It's yeah. good.
2: Yeah, right. I, I, I saw them doing that on Top of the Pops or something. Mm-hmm. They started like in 67 and went through so many different like, <laughs> right. musical phases. Fa- they were like a real life Spinal Tap in a lot of ways. Yeah. But they sort of adjusted for each place they lived in. Yeah. When they were in uh, Britain, they were doing kind of like a Brit pop, like early 70s. And then they moved back to Los Angeles did kind of more of a, a West Coast sound sort of thing. But but they're really like the lyrics in in Sparks' music, just so witty, and 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 mel- melod- melodies are just playful and fun. And mm-hmm. uh, I know nothing about them. I mean, I've just gotten to know them. But uh, everything I've heard has been amazing. And that pretending to be drunk, which is number fifty two mm-hmm. on the K Rock chart uh, from uh, '84. It's just, I like it. I like the idea. I love the lyrics. <laughs> the fact that someone would uh, would think to be, uh, to pretend they were drunk, you know, to kind of gain favor. Right. <laughs> yeah. Loved it. I think yeah, I've done that. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Exactly. <laughs> sure.
0: Just had one, a red That's solo cup anymore. in your hand and just kind of pretending. Yeah.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Over eight. Ooh, eight I'm feeling exaggerating. it. Exaggerating. Yeah.
0: We've all That's been right. there. Yeah. Like I'm doing right now. That is what intended, intended to be ah you are drunk aren't you okay mm-hmm. mm, that is whiskey in there okay oh. <laughs> yeah all right we've exactly. made it to the end number 51 not the end but the end of this episode uh, yes. number 51 general public hot you're cool and do you remember general public
2: yeah, yeah, General Public uh, had a uh, good fan, fan base in Canada. I mean, the English beat was big uh, mm-hmm. here, and uh, and it was also Mick Jones' uh, post-clash
0: Brief period of time, yeah. He, was, yeah.
2: he played on a, uh, some of the tracks on this album and then uh, gave up the ghost and kind of wasn't really... Uh, Happy to be called a, a member, although he was credited on this record. But uh, but they had you know all kinds of nice uh, influences, all kinds of good influences on this uh, the record from uh, players from again Texas Midnight Runners and uh, um, specials, and uh, it all blended into a really nice uh, mélange. Uh, loved general public, uh, back in the day. And, uh, I don't know if this is my favorite general public song, but, uh, quite nice.
0: Were you a dancer, by the way, would you go to the clubs and, uh, and in, uh, in kind of 84? Uh,
2: yeah. yeah. Because I wanted to get, uh, picked up by of some, course. uh, yeah. lovely gal. That's the only reason 70%, maybe more of guys did dance in the clubs. That's what I'm going to say. And we learned how to dance in 84 from Bruce Springsteen.
0: Oh, I was going to say Lou Reed. Because from Lou Reed.
2: <laughs> if you learn from Lou Reed, you're in trouble. See, that's
0: how, that's game how game like we that. tie this all together. That's how it all comes to.
2: Yeah. If you learn from Springsteen <laughs> from <sighs> Dancing in the Dark, you are golden.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, we we like that. <laughs> Speaking for the women of 1984.
2: Yeah. And you know what? A lot of guys who learned it back then are still dancing mm-hmm. that way at every wedding reception. They uh they go to for their daughters for their granddaughters wedding so oh. they're still dancing
0: yeah. like this still yeah all elbows and yeah just. <laughs> oh, we do the,
1: uh, the go-go's oh, the go-gos. oh they,
0: yeah shoulders with the girls <laughs> and the guys are elbows so speaking of dancing yes. i sent you uh, a link to uh because i thought of hot you're cool i immediately thought of the mcdlt and uh (laughs) um, mcdonald's (laughs) kept the hot hot and the cool cool did you watch what i the the link that that i sent to you say you're getting tired of lettuce and tomato hamburgers in this town that don't quite make it yeah you say that just once you'd like your hamburger hot and your lettuce and tomato cool and crisp all at the same time yeah well i say you got it i'm talking mcdonald's new lettuce and tomato hamburger the mcdlt i'm talking quarter pound
3: of beef on the hot hot side and the hot that
0: was so, filmed during the year of George. If you remember, Seinfeld at all? Oh my God!
3: <laughs>
2: so what we what McDonald's discovered was how to make a ha- hamburger.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, yes, like General Public, hot you're cool. They they discovered how to keep the. <laughs> The burger, the burger was hot, and the lettuce and tomato, of course, was cool. And you yeah. know, never the Twain should meet, or whatever yeah, that you didn't expression. You
2: did microwave the lettuce, you know. So, <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: those pioneers the, at McDonald's.
0: How long did? The, yeah, the McDLT <laughs> lasted like uh, a couple years, and it was in the styrofoam, right? Wasn't that? Yeah, the, oh yeah,
1: it was all That's in styrofoam right. back then, it, yeah. right? It was
0: yeah. all styrofoam craziness all right so again thank you very much and we'll see you again soon
2: my pleasure it's so good to talk to you guys and i can't wait to do it again in person
0: (laughs) all right yay Yay. as soon as you're able 2022 2022
2: that's
0: (laughs) right okay that concludes our long talk with jc douglas it's always fun to uh, to catch up with uh, what JC is doing. We went through some uh, some fun songs.
1: He's a busy guy, and I knew we would go along with him because he's got a lot of information of the bands that he knows of, of which we turned him on to some bands that he didn't necessarily know of. He knows a lot.
0: That's why we do this. It's fun going back in time and discovering new, new favorite bands.
1: And rediscovering them because like uh, Shriekback, I didn't remember a lot of this stuff, but that was actually fun to hear. I enjoyed it.
0: You know, you could. I did as well. First of all, thank you to Pantheon Podcast. We are part of their family. Uh, suggest you check out a number of their podcasts.
1: And please check us out on social media on uh, What Difference Does It Make on, on Facebook or at What Difference Does It Make Podcast. On Instagram and Twitter, we're at uh, WDDIM Podcast. And on YouTube, where you will find outtakes and plenty of outtakes from this podcast, uh, on our YouTube channel, What Difference Does It Make?
0: Yes. And if you want to get our monthly newsletter, you can sign up on our website, WDDIMPodcast.com. Uh, Of course, thank you to our listeners. Uh, If you love what you hear, please write down a review. Write a review. Let us know what you think, because we'd love to hear from you.
1: Did you actually say write down like with pen and paper?
0: Yes, because we're from the 80s. Type it out on on a typewriter, roll it up, mail it out, self-addressed stamped envelope and send it to care of what difference does it make. We will be- Los
1: Angeles, California. Yeah. (laughs) No, really. Thank you for listening.
0: And uh, until next time, this is Dave. This is Holly. Check you later. Over and out.
3: It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football.